Eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Um, we're back after a week away and we're going back into our 2021 season schedule uh, we've done with the draft now. It's it's in the distance. It's a speck in the distance, and we're back into our um, next season's program, and not this season's program, should I say, for 2021. Uh, joined by Liam, Raj, and Kieran today. Um, new format, sort of, kind of, a little bit. Uh, but we're just going to have four of us on. We've got a big crew going on now. Um, we're going to concentrate a little bit more on writing. We've got a couple of articles that have come out of the last couple of days, which I'm sure we'll get to at the end. We're just four on a podcast, so we can speed through a little bit and uh, you know keep things nice and concise for you all. But guys, welcome you in. Um, everything all, all good? Having a nice bank holiday weekend for everyone? Oh, okay. it's been nice. We have sunshine, yeah. no more rain. <laughs> this is it. This is a new season for us, all, both in the football calendar and also in the weather stakes as well. So, yeah, it's been kind of nice, hasn't it, to have not some just chucking it down the whole way through May. It's uh, come the fourth, the last minute with the sunshine. And we, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some OTA buzz because what we're going to do a little bit differently to what we did last season. Um, is we're going to talk a bit more about rookies this year. I'm going to talk about a little bit more crossover with the NFL. Um, so we're going to talk about some OTA bulls and some rookies and um, some guys we've been just talking about with our draft stuff and all our season guide stuff and how they're kind of kicking off their NFL careers um, in the past few weeks. And, you know, we know it's it's uh, the season of, of positivity. And I'm sure there are a lot of positivity about some of these guys that we've got going on. And we know it all. it's not all true. Um, but nonetheless, let's start off on a positive frame of mind. Saying, speaking of which, we'll come to Mike Jones and the Patriots first. Kieran, we'll, we'll kick off with you, mate, because obviously you've been putting into our group chat now, you've been peppering us for a few days about all this Mike Jones positivity. First of all, a leopard has changed its spots because, you know, you weren't big on Mike Jones a couple of weeks ago, but now you can't get enough of him. I'm still not big on him, <laughs> but let's be honest, I'm forever an optimist, uh, but not in the way most people are. In the most way people say oh this cup's half full or half empty I'm like why is this cup not full to the top so I'm trying to be look he he looks good in in training camp but then again anyone can look good in training camp under the right circumstances but the fact that he's competing against NFL caliber quarterbacks say what you want about Cam Newton he looks better than he did last year Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, both been in the year for a couple league, uh, both been in the league for a couple years. Um, so he he looks good um, so far. Him and Nelson Aguilar seem to have a little bit of chemistry going. Same with him and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, I'm excited for sure, but uh, still a little bit apprehensive. And he's still not the guy I would have picked. And I still would have taken Kellerman, Davis Mills, or or someone else over him. But look, we it's what we're it's what we're rolling with. So hopefully, look, Bill Belichick took a sixth round prospect out of Michigan and turned him into the greatest of all time. Interested to see what he can do with a first round prospect out of Alabama. I I'm I'm just gonna think positive thoughts. And if if he sucks, he sucks. Yeah, I mean, New England do like get a lot of quarterbacks in, don't they? But you know, it's not usually the first round. Um, going through the ritual, number fifty in OTAs, 
Um, do you think he's the best quarterback on the roster right now? Currently, no. Because, uh, and I only say that because we have a former MVP on the roster. You can say what you want about Cam Newton last year uh, and you can blame it on COVID or you can say that him having COVID had nothing to do with it. But Cam is a former MVP. He's played in a Super Bowl. He got his team to 15-1. and one. Regardless of where he is now, you still got to give him respect for what he did in the past. Um, and he looked better in training camp. Um, they did seven on seven. Cam was 100% on his passes. Um, Mac was 75%, but the one pass was dropped by his receiver. Um Look, I'm just excited to see what happens this season because Cam very clearly underperformed last year. I mean, that would be an understatement saying he underperformed. But we get it. It's tough (laughs) because we're in such a crap position as well because we are potentially looking at one of the strongest divisions in sports now where we're facing off against the Buffalo Bills who are Super Bowl contenders and the Miami Dolphins that should be looking to go on a very deep playoff run this year and we're just rebuilding the roster so yeah it's this is one where I can't predict to have hot takes because I am honestly not sure what's going to happen our times have changed from six weeks ago hey where you were misery and on the verge of tears and now there's just a little bit of optimism but in all honesty like if if, if the Patriots signed I don't know Blake Bortles this offseason he would have had a better arm than Cam Newton so Matt Jones has got to be looking good in that in OTAs right well Cam is looking good too let's just let's lay off Cam for a minute he's built out of marble so respect to him most quarterbacks aren't that type of guy Apart from Joe Burrow, he's shredded, but that's just, you know, part of being a heartthrob. It's... <laughs> he works so hard, and the energy he has is so infectious in the team. I would like to have him there, even if he's not a starter, um, in terms of Cam Newton. If you watch the videos coming out of camp, even Bill Belichick has been smiling, and that's... I don't know if you know about Bill Belichick, but I'm pretty sure... The only time he smiles is when, you know, something horrible happens. So the, the fact that he, I've seen him smile once in, in, you know, the 20 years he's been at the Patriots. And that when that's when he was trolling the Jets with a uh, delay of game calls um, to try and get rid of the game clock. Um, yeah, it, it seems like the energy is infectious and everyone wants to be there. Kendrick Bourne really wants to be there. He's talking about the Patriot way. Hunter Henry has gone back and watched uh, Gronk tape because he wants to be the ultimate Patriot. Jonah Smith hasn't showed up yet, but it, it's OTAs and he's a veteran. There's a lot of guys who really, really, really want to be a part of this team. And uh, as a Patriots fan who's heard for so many years about how it, it's a uh, you know, Bill Belichick runs a military-style regime down there and it, it's tough and it's gruelling and it's hill sprints Then it's like lunch pail football. Guys are excited to be there and I'm really, really happy to see that because if players are happy and players are having fun, they normally play better. I know this is a bad quote to take from a coach, but Anthony Lynn would always say to his guys, you need to be having fun out there. Uh, and that's uh, so why... I'm excited to see because everyone is having a lot of fun. Just really, really quickly before we move on to, because we've got quite a lot to get through today. 
what what do you make of um, the quotes? I can't remember who it was attributed to, but about the Patriots potentially playing like a two QB system with Mac playing between the twenties and Cam in the red zone. It's not going to happen. No, it's just not. kill, kill that it's, one dead. It, it, it's it's <laughs> just you know, Cam's a great runner. He's an incredible athlete. We saw that last year. He's still he's still got the source. To be fair, um, but I think at least six to eight games, he's the start of this season. And I think maybe we'll see Mac a couple of different plays here and there. And if Cam gets hurt, he'll definitely be in. But uh, yeah, I just I just don't see that happening. I don't think Bill Belichick and, and Josh McDaniels are going to want to run a two QB system. It's not it doesn't work that well in the NFL because if it did, more teams would do it. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So you know, Cam comes in, starts the season, maybe lose a few games. You know. Not looking too great. Playoffs are, you know, looking unlikely at least. And then Mac will take over. Cam will go to tight end, and we'll move on. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, I don't, I don't want the Patriots to jump the gun on starting Mac Jones. If they, if he has to sit all sixteen games, and we go uh, all seventeen games, sorry, and we go seven and ten, I'm happy with that. If if they are from the beginning saying, hey, we're sitting him, we're letting him develop because that works better, let's do this. If they're open about that, I'm cool. But if we then get to, like, you know, 10 losses and, like, six wins and it's the last game of the season, they're like, oh, we're going to throw Mac Jones out there. What's the fucking point? Just just give him a year. Let it, let him develop. And we'll, obviously, we've got preseason this year, so we will get to see a little bit of yeah, it. Yeah, we will. We will. Awesome. Right, we'll stay in the we'll stay in the AFC then. Raj, I'm going to chuck it over to you because you've got a few Dolphins guys who you want to you want to kind of give us a bit of a rundown for. Um, one recently acquired guy as well. Yeah, so there's been quite a few interesting uh, uh, tidbits out of the, the OTAs from from Miami. Uh, Jalen Waddles uh, working with the first team, which is no big surprise there. I think the buzz around Waddle is 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 pretty pretty high and. Um, that could be extremely exciting next year. But the, the, I think the interesting takes uh, coming out from camp were, I think uh, Jalen Smith is going to be playing more as an outside linebacker than as a 3-4 uh, defensive end, which is interesting. Obviously, his skill set is pass rushing. And um, I think he's probably going to be a third down uh, outside linebacker on those on those packages that Brian Flores usually dials up where he usually rushes three or four guys and has uh, six DBs out on the field and just with just a, one or two linebackers. It's very much, uh, it's very creative with those kind of schemes. So I can see Phillips really maybe making a statement on the third down packages. But I think the, the really interesting bit coming out of Miami was they put a lot of faith in Javon Holland being the guy in the secondary, get, getting rid of Bobby McCain straight after the draft. His contract wasn't favourable for the Dolphins, but the experience to captain of the team and then get to see him off to the, the Washington football team. And, and basically, Javon Holland's going to take his place. And, and obviously not playing last year, he, compared to Bobby McCain, he's more of a ball hawk. Um, he can play in, in the nickel position as well as uh, he could probably play safety as well. And I just think... Looking at our defense with obviously the the NFL's top interception guy in Xavier Howard, we're, we're a bend a bend not great defense whereby we might give up a few plays, but we're going to make those crucial turnovers. And I think Javon Holland's going to really be a standout guy in, in, in that in that facet because you saw on draft day as well, Brian Flores was 
ever so excited getting Javon Holland out of any other player that we drafted. And putting that faith in him already by by getting rid of Bobby McCain is is a real stamp of approval. And it, who knows, maybe defensive rookie of the year if he's gonna he's gonna put faith in him. That is a hot take there. He, he, he's gonna get he's gonna get he's gonna get um, his hands on a few balls, I reckon, because he had that uh, history at Oregon whereby he is a definite ball hawk. So who knows? Four or five interceptions could put him in line for for that conversation. And and the other one as well was Trill Williams. It's really interesting that the the, the Saints he was he was in UDFA, but the Saints uh, didn't didn't resign him. And uh, actually, the Dolphins picked him up on waivers. And and it's really interesting that it's just the Dolphins' philosophy of just stacking that secondary, getting guys in. Josh Boyer knows the guys, knows cornerbacks out the back of his hand, and and knows secondary players out the back of his hand. And I can see him. It, obviously, he's a UDFA, so. Um, we're not expecting much from him, but in our draft guide, we, we did have him as a third, fourth round. I know Kieran looked at the corners and, and sort of liked what he saw. He's six foot two, 200 pounds. And I can see him maybe doing like an Eric Rowe, where Eric Rowe was a, a cornerback and then transitioned over to safety as he came to Miami. Similar stature, similar, similar build. Uh, Trill Williams did play a little bit of safety at Syracuse as well. So it's again, I, I like it because it's just a, another secondary guy. You can never have enough secondary talent as far as I'm concerned because we're in a passing league and um, yeah, it's just really interesting what's going down in Miami and I, I, I was sceptical of, of, of the draft in terms of the Jalen Phillips pick and not getting a running back but I think the buzz coming out, again, the optimism as, as soon as that sinks in, it's um, yeah, I, especially for Javon Holland, I'm really excited to see see what we do there. I'm not surprised that uh, Javon Holland's getting that much buzz he was my safety one this year and it's he's He's gonna fit into um, a starting role like as soon as they give him the chance to, in my view. Um, like Raj said, those kind of the multiple defensive back formations that Miami will play as well will get a chance to kind of find out where, or they can find out where he best uh, will start. There's like quite a few guys, young DBs there, like Noah Bogany, the first rounder from last year. I think he's gonna get a few more reps to try and kind of realise his ceiling and as a first rounder he's going to have to kind of have a big year I feel uh, yeah Holland's a guy that just start him at safety as, as soon as you can for me like I say he was number one this year this year's draft yeah yeah I totally agree yeah it, it, by getting rid of McCain Flores has put his whole trust in in, in um, Javon Holland to, to, to be that safety alongside Eric Crow. I think he, he's, he's even uh, jumped Brandon Jones in the pecking order as far as I'm concerned because he's he can play in the nickel as well so it just it just it just fits exactly what Brian Flores loves from the secondary yeah I was gonna say um with the pick of Jalen Waddle do you think that was um do you think they were sort of trying to cater the tour there in terms of they need somebody he has chemistry with because that's really hard to build uh, in today's NFL or do you think they just took best wide receiver available? Well, it's interesting because he that. was both, by the way. Yeah, it's interesting to say that because that video from the Jags a couple of weeks ago, they had uh, Jalen Waddle rated the same grade as Trevor Lawrence mm. on, on their grading scale. So, so an eight was it? It was an eight, yeah. So my chase was ten. Uh, no, we didn't see that. Did you have CCTV in the Jags uh, in the Jags draft room to, to confirm that? No, no, my best mate's Urban Meyer. That's not that's not a claim that you want to make, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. 
<laughs> but going back to Waddle, I, I, I think in terms of the receivers we were looking at, is obviously the chemistry helps, but I think it's separation and the speed because the, the Alabama offense, of which Tua really thrived in, was that quick game, quick game RPO style offense and getting the ball out quick and getting his receivers on the run. And with Waddle's speed and his electric ability to create sort of plays out of nothing, I just think that's that's the route the Dolphins have gone down. And I think as well his his uh, punt return ability as well, I think that's going to be a real explosive asset to the Dolphins because you look at our you look at our team, we value special teams extremely highly. We're one of the best special teams teams out there. And um, getting someone as explosive as Jalen Waddle, I know there's there's the the chatter that oh why why pick a guy six overall and, and and risk him in those kind of situations, and he got injured in that kind of situation for Alabama last year. But teams will be scared of of, of kicking to him because they've the tapes there at Alabama, like he can create plays from kick returns, punt returns out of nothing, and yeah that multifaceted wide receiver that has that chemistry with Tua has got the speed of dynamism. Yes. Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. I'm dreading what, it, honestly. What to be excited about in Miami at the minute? I'm dreading it. Oh, him against Stefan Gilmore. Oh, please, I want to see that. Here's the thing. Stefan Gilmore could keep clamps on a lot of people, but Jalen Waddle's got this really creepy speed that... Uh, almost like Randy Moss level speed where he's sort of just taking big strides and looks like he's not trying. Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't look like he's at a full sprint when he's out running people on the field. It's so weird. It just makes it look so easy. And and the way he's able to uh, use the angles as well. Like you think like the, the DB has got the angle to tackle him and suddenly he's gone. Like it's, it's amazing how he's able to create that kind of, separation in his in his running it's just yeah i'm i'm excited and yeah two has two has got no excuse now I, I was just about to say i was just about to finish this little segment on on tour actually i was doing a bit of research obviously we've compiled a list between between us all about you know players that we want to talk about and stuff like that part of my like research was just you know searching things in twitter and we know what it's dolphins we know what dolphins twitter is like all of it was like two of this two of that two of this two of that and it was like exactly that, Raj. Like he doesn't have an excuse. He's got to play up, and not even just Dolphins fans, but Dolphins fans talking to other fans and saying he's literally got no excuse now. Yeah, with with him and Will Fuller, the separations there now. Like, and the the wide receiver room is is, is there's so many different facets to it. But you have got your jump ball guys like uh, Devonte Parker, Preston Williams, and then you have got your speed guys like Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, and then you have got sort of these role these gadget style players like Lim Bowden and and. Malcolm Perry and Jakeem Grant. So there's a, and Albert Wilson's back as well. So you've got all this, this wide receiver room is absolutely stacked for the different abilities. And you've got Mike Sicky at tight end as well. It's just, there is no excuse for Tua to fail now. Mm. Are you still not sold on him as a quarterback? I feel like your fan base is still really split on Tua being the guy. I love Tua. But the thing is, it, it was interesting, his interview last week, whereby he didn't know the offense and the offense last year, Changeli offense was catered for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it was difficult last year with no OTAs and no preseason and all. And coming off that a brutal injury in terms of it was equivalent of having like a car accident, like that hip injury was, was severe. And you look at his off season workouts, he has put on some serious mass. He's got, he's got guns. He's got like shredded calves. I know we all, a beard. In the, 
out of beard. You know, in the draft process, we, we, we were looking at wide receivers and looking at their legs and think, right, he's going to be a top wide receiver. Looking at two of his legs, right, he's, he's, he's built that base up now. And um, yeah, but Jacoby Brissett has uh, sort of a really good mental backing him up as well. I just think he's got no excuses now, time to deliver. And uh, I think he will. I think uh, getting comfortable. He's been working out with the guys uh, during the off season as well. So let the good times roll. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's like Tony said before, it's going to be a really, really interesting division. And I'm sure like we've, we've got a few more months of buzz left for, for a lot of the teams in there, not just not just the Dolphins, but yeah, certainly the arrow is pointing up. Let's um let's go and stay in the South, though. Let's talk about probably the biggest story in the NFL right now. It's just clogging up everyone's Twitter timelines, isn't it? Julio Jones, he is out there, as in his own words. <laughs> and the guy who is going to replace him by looks things is Kyle Pitts. You know, Kyle Pitts is looking good in OTAs. Do we think that Atlanta knew this was coming and kind of selected Cal Pitts? Do you think that was the kind of thinking behind it? Was it always the plan? And, you know, how, and how is this going to work? Because in Julio's words, he's going. I don't see any way he can kind of come back from this. And I know the, the controversy about Shannon Sharp and all that and whether he's been recorded, whether he knew and things like that. I don't know. I don't really want to get into that sort of thing. But, you know, Cal Pitts is Julio replacement. You know, I know he's, he's pigeonholed wrongly as just a tight end, which he's certainly not. But... You know, let, let's have a bit of a discussion about this. Kieran, start us off. How, how's this going to all play out? Well, I think they half expected it because Julio's, what, 33? And that's pretty old for a wide receiver. Um, I mean, the only guy really older at wide receiver guns, Larry Fitzgerald, which sort of speaks to the talent level that the, the, the high-level guys are continuing late into their 30s. But, yeah, I think they sort of expected he was going... And when you've got a generational guy like Julio Jones, it's probably smart to go over after another generational guy who can catch passes in Kyle Pitts. Um, look, it, it, it's a messy situation. Um, and wide receivers kind of wrongly or rightly are being given this diva label. We see it with uh, Odell, now Julio uh, and other guys in the past, AB and stuff kind of get a little bit deaverish. Um, Julio's definitely earned that, but uh, I, I think Falcons at this point just want to move on from it, get out from under the cap, which is why we're hearing the Titans and the Patriots, who are the two front runners for him, are not supposedly happy because they want Atlanta to pay some of his salary. I mean, we, I sent a tweet this morning saying Bill Belichick won't accept him unless Atlanta pays all his salary, which means it's not happening. Um it's a messy situation, but uh, I think Atlanta, uh, given that they've added Kyle Pitts and they're potentially going to go after a quarterback next year, I think they're actually in really good position for this season. If this is Matt Ryan's last hurrah, then they've got some talent around him to go do it. The only problem is the defense. Can, can they keep up? I'm just going to say, I told you so in the last... Uh, was it a podcast I did two or three weeks ago where I said one of my losers was the Atlanta Falcons because if you, their whole uh, motto was oh we're going to we brought Kyle Pitts in to give Matt Ryan one last chance and then several days later we're going to trade Hudo Jones like in my opinion that screams a dysfunctional back office sorry front office and, and coaching even though they've just arrived and I just, I just do not see the rationale of what they're doing. If they wanted to trade Julio, trade him before the draft, get the capital, or knowing what you know now, 
you know you're not going to bring it back for Matt Ryan. You should have traded out out of that fourth fourth pick and get those picks for the quarterbacks next year or the year after. Like, it makes sense. Their whole philosophy is not conjoined. I can see it being that they're perennial. Uh, eight and nine team middle of the road pack and then they're going to have to do something like what the bears did um this year or just 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 going to go into obscurity like be decisive as a, as, a, as an organization as a front office as as say right we should have got rid of him before the draft or knowing we're going to have Julio on the roster we should have traded that out of the number four pick and i said it a few weeks ago they were the, one of my biggest losers in the draft and this enhances it even further because they're not going to be relevant at all this year. Julio Jones, he's not injury prone. All this rationale, all this narrative that he's he's injury prone, he's not. He's still notched up, I think, over 800 yards last year in, in nine games. So he was still a big piece of that offense when he was on the on the field. He's still got it. Like keep him. I know he's on a, a like a, a not a team friendly contract, but the whole philosophy of the Falcons is so muddled and. They're going to go into obscurity. They're not going to be really bad, but they're not going to be a playoff team at all. They're just going to be trundling along for a good two, three seasons. So you, you think that maybe the fact that Kyle Pitts is literally just replacing Julio Jones is because of that obscurity, you mean? Yeah, but he's not He's not Julio Jones. Like, no matter how much we love Kyle Pitts, like Julio Jones is one of the greatest receivers in the last 10 to 15 years. Kyle Pitts, you, can you expect him to get 1,500 yards and... and 10, 11 touchdowns in year one. No, no that, that whole vacuum of, of, of uh, production from Julio Jones is just completely gone off your off your team. Calvin Ridley, even though he's a great receiver, he's not in the same cal- in the same calibre as Julio Jones at peak Julio Jones. He's, he's not that wide receiver one. Um, so it's just, Carl Pitts, yeah, if you get, a, get him 1,000 yards and say seven, eight touchdowns for rookie season, that's a phenomenal season. But to get the production that Julio got year after year, that's just not going to happen. So Atlanta, I'd not bring it back like they've been saying they are. Mm. They've not really gained anything, is what I was trying to say, because they but, lost Julio, gained another receiver who, like they won't be able to fill that production in, in the hole anyway. Exactly, exactly that. Mm. Mm. Interesting one, because, you know, we know that we were waxing lyrical all season, but all, all, every single one of us was waxing lyrical all season about Cal Pitts. It was a shock when he didn't score a touchdown. Um, and it just shows, doesn't it? it? Shows that they'll step up, you know, from from the top of the college game, like literally the top echelon of the, top, the college game where he was last year, to the top echelon of, of wide receivers in the NFL. You know, to 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 take that production of Julio Jones out of your roster, it's difficult to feel for anyone, isn't it? And especially with an aging quarterback. And as Kieran says, you know, the defense who not able to keep the score down with the best of them. You know, let's not let's not be around the bush. You know, they've got some good players on the defense, but they're not one of the better defenses in the NFL. It's going to be, you know, what, how can they do it with the running game as well? Because Arthur Smith's going to want to run the ball a heck of a lot, isn't he, as well? And they don't have a running back, really. That's the speed and the special teams doesn't know onside kick rules. That was the funnest <laughs> moment of the season for me. Wait for it to go 10 yards. That's not the rule, dipshits. You are receiving the ball. Go get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to know, haven't you? I mean, I can't really throw many stones in that glass house in particular, but... Um, yeah, new season. Your team know the before. rules, Lee. That's the difference. <laughs> if you guys had well, to, to be fair, mate, in the game that we had together, we had the wrong amount of people on the the, uh, the field twice in two plays. So I'm not sure that they did last year, if I'm honest. Okay, but you were playing the Patriots. It's understandable that you get a little frazzled. They were playing the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys. A quarterback with one foot. Don't worry about it. You were fine. <laughs> 
we'll see how it goes out anyway. But Kyle Pitts obviously is um, probably going to be good in his own right. Um, in year one, could you know be much better than a lot of tight ends are in year one, usually because you know tight ends take a little bit of time to get off the ground, don't they? So you know we'll uh, we'll see how he goes, and he's going to have to be the man, isn't he, straight away? Because like Rash said, Calvin Ridley. He's a bit more of a Robin to someone's Batman, isn't he? He's not really the guy. So we'll, we'll see how that gets off anyway. We'll move on. We'll move on to a couple of offensive linemen, actually. I want to kind of just uh, pick up the pace a little bit. Um, Penai Sewell, he has said recently that uh, switching over to right tackle isn't easy. And people have kind of jumped on this so much, haven't they? Like, Liam, I want to bring you in because I know you wanted to kind of mention this um, as well. Is this taking take out of context massively? Is he kind of you know just saying something quite innocently, and people are reading the headlines of the article and that sort of behaviour? Yeah, people people have taken the bits that they wanted to out of his uh, answers, haven't they? So mm. it was um, I saw the 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 one that that the Detroit's uh, kind of insider writer Tim Twentyman was the guy that uh, posted something that said uh, I think it was something along the lines of. That sort of says that it's adjustment. It's an adjustment, but he's he likes a challenge, as opposed to him just saying, "Oh, it's hard" or "It's too difficult, or too hard." And I I noticed that Suell picked up on on that quote of him saying, "Yeah, it's an adjustment, but a challenge." And I think Suell himself said, "Like, no, I love people who listen to the whole conversation, so thanks for that," Be- uh, because that's that's the key. That um, it's actually something that we picked up during last season during our scouting podcast and we were talking about Sewell who if not for Trevor Lawrence he'd probably be in the conversation for number one overall and which is probably why there were so many high fives in Detroit getting him at seven and so when we were looking at those top handful of picks and thinking okay it could be the Jets it could be the the Bengals it could be um, any of those top teams and most of them would probably look to try him at right tackle and we agreed that um, uh, that maybe his inside rush is the, the place to work on. So maybe it wouldn't work. He's solidified maybe as a left tackle. But um, yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. Him trying at right tackle. Taylor Decker is there already. He's not going to give up the left tackle spot easily. Yeah. Um, the offensive line, if you uh, put so at right tackle, um, Taylor Decker will be at left tackle. Jonah Jackson at left guard, who was my number one guard last year. Frank Ragnow at centre. Um, Logan Stenberg at right guard, who who's again <laughs> uh, last year. He's an absolute maniac, and the the fact that uh, to put him at right guard, he was my he was a top three guard for me. So uh, in twenty twenty, so yeah, Jonah Jackson, Stenberg, two of the best three or four guards for me in that draft. And so you're going to have, yeah, Stenberg right guard and then Suell right tackle on that side. And that's, uh, to, yeah, Coach Campbell's knee biters. That's that's the sort of tough um, offensive line that, that you want just from left to right there. That that sounds great to me. And then Jared Goff's going to be going to be in a, a good spot. They're going to, from the sounds of it, they're trying to acquire even more running backs. They're mm-hmm. going to try and run the ball as much as they can. They already drafted two good ones to go with DeAndre Swift. Um Jamal Jefferson uh, and Raheem Boyd in uh, in came from the draft as well. There's there's some depth at running back. It's going to obviously be a part of that offense to take the load off of Goff and that offensive line. Yeah, puts all on the right and he'll he'll be fine. It it, it isn't easy. We've heard it before from um, I know guys Edric like Ronnie Rose Stanley were talking about. Yeah, there's all sorts of 
uh, we've had quotes from the likes of Tristan Wirfs last year talking about how uh, how different it is. But um, I, I, he's that sort of player, and like I say, would be I wouldn't mind having him as a, uh, taking him in the top four of a, of a draft, let alone at seven. He's he's cap he's capable. He can he can he can make the move as much of a challenge as it may be. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, and he's a great run blocker as well, isn't he? So, you know, if they're going to be a very much a run-first team, which Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, acquiring every running back under the sun, you know, and like you say, there's great offensive line on paper as well, so especially in terms of the running game. It seems like, the, you know, we've just been talking about Atlanta and Raj has just been talking about how disjointed their kind of thinking is and their, their sort of method. And it looks like Detroit are actually getting it together, you know, with the way, in terms of the running game anyway. You know, maybe not want to speak too soon. With isn't things. It? Yeah. It's been a while since Detroit have got things together. Yeah, can you imagine the double, the double blocks uh, on that side of uh, Stenberg and Sewell? They're going to absolutely bury people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like them picking up Raheem Boyd. I really like him. I think honestly, he's a guy who should have been drafted in the third or fourth round. I really think he's that good. He, he maybe didn't get the amount of snaps he deserved at Arkansas, but every time he touched the ball, he looked good. Um, and just, you might want to walk back your statement, though, Liam, of saying Jared Goff's in a good place. Remember, he is still in Detroit. <laughs> he's Geographically. Safe. He's as safe as he can possibly be. Yeah, he's, he's that... not going to get lit up. No. And it's up but to he's him. he's still to... waking up. Exactly, I was just going to say. And then it's up to him to process everything quickly enough. I mean, those five guys <laughs> aren't going to be working twice as hard, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And uh, to be fair, the, the pressure is going to be taken off him as well because you know John Bray Swift's going to get a lot of work, and you know, the, other, the, yeah. the other guys that you mentioned, um, you can take the load off as well. Jamal Jefferson should be a nice change of pace. I think back. he understands he's a bridge too. I, I'm pretty sure he's not. Oh, I don't know about that. He'll want to sold he'll on wanna himself on being a, a franchise guy. He's, he's a former number one overall. He's going to want to like take that job yeah, so, and prove the Rams wrong. Wrong, should I say? Ryan Tannehill 2.0 and Jared Goff. There you go. They could no, be. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say he's not that athletic. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, maybe I... not in that score, but he could, he could, he could recreate himself. He could rebuild himself there. I think you know, yeah. like you say, we're, we're we're doing the right things in Detroit. I think putting a running game around him, putting a line in front of him. But he's Where got no receivers. Jared Goff. He's got no receivers to throw to. Well, apart from TJ Hawkinson, that's it. Well, I'm on Rasek Brown, obviously they drafted, but putting all that expectation on him being what wide receiver one there because they've got no one else to throw to. True. But yeah, he has team got that, two years in the pocket now. Another team that did well in UDFA with receivers, guys like like good high ceiling, big, tall high ceiling guys, like I think Jonathan Adams they signed and one or two others, I think that, uh, yeah, they signed two or three potentially that can can hit the ground running. Sounds like we're making a case for Detroit being a little bit of a sleeper team. Yep. In a in <laughs> a we're like split. In my screen, it's me and Liam at the top and then Raj and Kira at the bottom. It's like a complete split with like yes and no. <laughs> it's, a, it's the NFC North. It's a good time to try and make a push. Like there's no clear favourite at the moment. Um, Green Bay? Well, yeah. you might be able if to Aaron's say that now. still there. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. Having as big a drama as anyone Plus, like, you know, it's not. Is it, all gonna be, is it all going to be happy days when he gets back? You know, mm. it's all nice. It's all nice and smiles when you're in Hawaii, isn't it? But when you go back to freezing Wisconsin and you got to actually do some work, 
people need to stop shitting on the Vikings as well. They're talent rich. Exactly. And yeah, you can and say what you want well, they have about... They've for years, though. Okay, years. and you can say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but if you look at him play, he's not bad. He just gets shit on because he's like the most milk toast plain guy of all time. <laughs> he's the only guy who like says Gali 200 times a game or gosh dang it. He's basically Philip Rivers, but a little bit younger. But like, they are so talent rich. They have one of the best receivers in the league. They have one of the best running backs in the league. Their line isn't bad. And despite their defense being quite old, the chemistry there is insane. So I think if you want to put a sleeper up there, it's probably the Vikings. We'll see. We'll come. We'll come. We'll come back to this sort of thing. But let's get talking about some rookies again. And um, I want to stick on the offensive line because I was going to talk about one of our heroes of the the draft cycle, Quinn Miners. Um, Garrett Bowles has been singing his praises, and I know Garrett Bowles is hasn't had one good season ever in his whole career, and he's about thirty years old despite being on his rookie contract. But you know he's been he's been talking up um, Miners, and your boy Lloyd Cushenbury, mate, he might be out for job by the sounds of things. <laughs> Look. I was really high on him because I said his big long arms uh, and they were very useful in college. Turns out not so much, but uh, we'll take the hit on that. Uh, Wasn't a hot take, so probably why I was wrong. Um, But yeah, they've needed to to change a lot, the Broncos. Uh, Still don't think potentially that starts with Drew Lock, as we know, the potential is there, but is the team there? Probably fucking not. Um, they need something to do. They need to keep him defended. Uh, a big part of me defending him last year was the fact that their offensive line was literally built. I think what they did was they took a blueprint of a sieve and then tried to build their offensive line that way. And then uh, was it Juwan? Is it Juwan James or Juwan Williams? Juwan James. James yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely disgusting what they did to him. Um, I understand it from a business standpoint, but also he he's trying to work out. Um, players need protection from things like that, but they they needed to do something. And I don't, I don't know if um, Quinn Minutes is going to fill that. I feel like... Probably they should have gone after somebody a bit higher in, in a bit higher ranked as a offensive lineman. If that's the problems they wanted to go after, I just I feel for Drew Lock, man, because I feel like he's going to get lit up again if he's the starter. Can't wait. Um, yeah, they would have gone after interior line quicker, I think, if they did foreseen the James injury I think that would have made a difference um, uh, it's really interesting that Minus is still being kind of um, like you said he's kind of apparently challenging Cushionbury for centre because I still see him as an offensive guard and he had been all the way through his career it's literally the senior bowl was his first like big set of snaps as a centre and he admitted that himself and I watching and grazing him for the through the process I couldn't uh, he was always a guard as far as I could uh could see and obviously kind of met every yeah they overcame everything that he had to throughout that draft process and got his way into the third round and I went and had a look at Denver's guards and obviously Dalton Risner is going to be uh, the top guard there but um a couple of other guys 
Marnich can maybe challenge them at, at guard uh, rather than uh, uh, challenging Cushionbury at centre. And Natani Muti, second year guy, who again you talk about animals. I mean, he's got mm. a huge ceiling if he can get it right. Um, upper body strength in that guy is ridiculous. Um, Graham Glasgow as well is the other guy there that I was trying to think of. Um, those are the guys I think I'd still have mine. It's competing for. It's um, interesting that Denver another team mooting him as as a centre because maybe they want to have. Um, just one of Cushenbury and and Minots surrounded by some uh, more veteran guys, but I think you could have Cushenbury and Minots next to each other on the O line. Cushenbury's not done too much wrong; he's still got so much uh, to give, considering he's only had a rookie year. Yeah, and it's another one, isn't it, as well, where they don't have OTAs last year. It's going to be their first OTA right now. You know, the same as the rookies that are coming yeah. in. So, and no preseason as well. So. Got kind of almost a rookie class and a half in, in certain senses, if you see what I'm saying. Competition everywhere, aren't there now? Because mm. all over the league because of it. It's good as well. And Denver had a good draft as well, as much as I'm saying that. Yeah, they know, did. That, that Drew Locke is on his ass a lot of the time, obviously, as a Chargers fan, but they did have a really good draft. So um, can't all be bad for them. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that plays out, I guess. Let's, um, let's switch it over to a couple of um, receivers that we've got on the board. Um, and, and on our list here. Um, well, two kind of different situations. We'll start off with one, start off with the actual receiver that I'm talking about. Kadarius Tony, still unsigned, missing OTAs. For a player that raw, is this a problem? That's what I've put down on here. I think it's a huge problem because, you know, anyone who listened to us last year will know I was, not, I was not a big fan. I'm still not a big fan. I feel like he needs to be on the field, you know, getting reps in and getting getting some um, chemistry built up with Daniel Jones and, you know, with the other receivers in there and filling the playbook, things like that. And I mean, I know that it's, as we've just been talking about, about Juan James and, you know, contracts and not being on the field and it's um, protecting yourself and things like that. And I can see why he's doing that, but, you know, there's plenty of other rookies out there who are on the field without a contract. Rashawn Slater being one at the Chargers, not doing a lot of contact stuff, obviously as an offensive lineman, but, you know, you're still out there learning the playbook in the building, meeting teammates, building up chemistry and protecting Justin Herbert. But I think this is going to be a big, big problem for Kadarius Tony. I am not expecting a great deal from him anyway. And I, you know, he's stalled essentially to begin with in his career. So I just wanted to kind of bring you guys in on that and just see what you guys thought about that. Um, Kieran, come to you. I think you guys up first. Reg- regular Giants things, isn't it? Like, it's just, just a team that's hampered by bullshit 90% <laughs> of the time. They drafted a, a fifth-round quarterback sixth overall uh, they're the best player they've drafted in years has just been hurt all the time now a guy that they've reached two three rounds for is now not signed still i don't know if it's a money dispute or the fact that he realized he's going to be in new york with like is it joe judge don't even know, the, don't even know the, the coach's name for sure. Yeah, just <laughs> such a gross team that I wouldn't want to uh, play at. Um, you know, Danny Dimes, make all the jokes you want. The guy can't even run 60 yards without tripping over himself. So <laughs> um, it's it's a big, big mistake from him. And I don't know why he's not there. I'm pretty sure almost every other rookie who's physically fit has been at training camp. I mean, New York's a great city. Why haven't you gone and at least hung out? Jamar Chase is zipping around Cincinnati on a a fucking scooter that they used to deliver Domino's pizza. He's having a whale of a time. 
And this guy can't even go to New York. Bro, you're from Florida. You've got alligators and old people. Just go. Um, sorry. No, it just... I don't know why he's holding out. And I know we said this thing about receivers uh, sometimes turn into a little bit diva-ish and uh, a little bit spoiled. But, bro, you're a fucking rookie. Go to camp, get some reps in, prove that they didn't make a mistake picking you. Otherwise, you're missing out on a lot of things that could potentially hamper you further on down the line as the season goes on. Saying I'm not sure what he's doing. I think that in terms of the, the pick itself, you can then... Talk about I, I we all agreed that first round maybe not for for Tony, but yeah, you've got to kind of uh, back up that faith that the Giants had in you. In terms of him signing the contract, New York's a great great place, great market. Like it's not like one of these teams that you feel like you can, it's a difficult place to kind of go and play. It's a good place to go and play. Um, I think we all agreed as well. We kind of settled down on 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 the pick in terms of where he fits into the offense. I think there's a easily a place there on that that offense. But now not not doing OTAs when you have the Giants have some good depth at wide receiver in terms of guys that can that can come in and make plays. They got Slayton, they signed Kelly Golladay. Um, guys like John Ross that have come in that are going to try and uh, earn their place in the, in that slot area and. Yeah, he needs to be there. And yes, you you know what he brings in terms of his his ceiling, what he can and do for a team. But you know, he needs to be there. He needs to be earning his spot. And there was also pre-draft. There was rumours about his character concerns as well. And, and in terms of who sort of his network is, in terms of his sort of friend circle and background, and maybe now the money's coming in with regards to where he got picked in the draft. Don't be surprised if that's reared its head again. Um, I'm. Obviously, these are all allegations, but it's uh, it was one of the things that was mooted a pre-draft process, and who knows who knows what whether that's had an impact on on his absence at OTAs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we all make good points there. Um, obviously, like you say, it's all it is all speculation and conjecture at the moment. But you know, there's not been a big thing about a lot of rookies kind of not signing the contracts as of yet, and it's only like the real top guys who maybe a bit of language and things like that in the contract. And and the guys who, like say, Rashawn Slater, who hasn't signed, they're still out on the field doing it. So yeah, one to watch for sure. The other receiver I mentioned was kind of a little joke, really, but Travis Etienne taking snaps at receiver. I know this is kind of old news, but we've not kind of talked about many rookies for a couple of weeks since we've been away. But what's all that about? That's just what I've put on the sheet. What is all that about? Go on, Kieran. Uh, Urban Meyer's a fucking nutcase. There's no other, <laughs> there's no other explanation for it. You're like, oh... We need a tight end. Do we go look at undrafted free agents who perform well in college? Do we look at other free agents who have looked good in the past? Or do we sign a 33-year-old quarterback who's never blocked or caught a pass in his fucking life? What do we do? Yeah, let's take Tebow. What? The guy could barely hang in the minor leagues of baseball a pastime sport. A sport not for athletes, but for dudes who drink beer and live on sausages. And look, everyone's so excited. And this really, really pissed me off. So we're going to talk about it. No, we'll talk about Tebow real quick. People <laughs> posting videos of him catching balls at camp and saying, oh, he, he looks great. Well done, T. It's the bare fucking minimum. What like yeah, no shit, he's a tight end now. And you're gassing him for catching a couple fucking passes. Yes, 
That's his job. Oh, pissing me off, man. And then they're, they're taking a generational level running back. I'm going to say that because at Clemson, he was a fucking beast. And they're making him take snaps at wide receiver. I, f- I thought you had Tebow there to catch passes. I thought you had DJ Chark. I thought you had LaVisca Cheneau. But no, you're going to get a 33-year-old quarterback to catch passes and a guy who you should be running. Urban Meyer is fucking insane. Uh, I've got to agree with Kieran here. I, during the draft process, I think we all said Etienne may have been a, a good pick as the latter part of the first round, depending on how they use him and who they drafted in the second round. And they draft they drafted uh, a couple of injured guys in Walker Little um, and Andre Sisko, I think it was, in safety as well. And then using Etienne at, at receiver... Um, obviously, yeah, they had James Robinson, but then it just screams like you just wasted that first round pick. Obviously, he hasn't put his, put his cleats on an on the NFL field yet, but I, I just I just don't get it. It just I, I, I'm stumped for words like hearing this. I I just this is the prime opportunity for Jacksonville to make themselves relevant in that division with the Colts changing their quarterback room with Carson Wentz. The Texans being an even bigger dumpster fire than, than the Jags were last year, and the Titans losing their offensive coordinator and losing a, a key wide receiver weapon. Like this, the prime opportunity for the Jags to really stamp their authority in that division and give ETN reps in the position he was drafted for. He, all right, James Robinson may have been a good running back for the Jags last year. ETN has the potential to be a great running back, an Alvin Kamara-style running back. Give him the reps. I think that it's getting a little bit overblown because I don't think that they're thinking of playing him like as a slot receiver. Everyone everyone knows about uh, the story with Etienne coming out in terms of as a receiver as well, depending on how you, how you scouted him. His receiving skills was one of the talking points. I think in terms of what the Jags have been doing with him, I think that they want to see what what they have with him with him as in terms of a receiving running back and by all accounts Najee Harris for example at Pittsburgh's taking just as much if not more receiving reps with Pittsburgh and hardly got mentioned and what I will say is if they are going to like get him more involved in the past game I do quite like the idea of having like I had this image of like just a really nice like split back formation in my head with either James Robinson or Carlos Hyde who they now signed and getting Etienne moving out of the, the backfield uh, in, in the air that could work um, I, it, we need to see how he goes like pre-season if they start lining him up uh, like in the formation uh, as a receiver then yeah I think uh, it needs to be more of a conversation. I think at the moment, I think they're trying to see what they have uh, in him in terms of his full uh, capacity, his full skill set. Do you not think that they would have seen that in college, though? Because like he wasn't exactly a non-receiving running back in college, was it? Or was it just like a massive respect to James Robinson in terms of like, you know, he still gets his running back reps because he's not a big receiver at all. And then you get to see Travis Etienne do something else for a little while. And then, you know, as training camp goes on, you know, we, we, you know 31st of May when we're recording, so season's miles away, you know, then you mix in a little bit of the, maybe the, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? The right ratios between James Robinson and, and ATN uh, for the running back reps. Is that kind of what we're looking at as well? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. 
and I like the the some of the shots as well. Etienne was it's not like I'm talking about formations and split back formation and wheeling him out from the backfield, but he's been taking he's been a slot receiver, hasn't he, on some of these reps? So yeah, mm. I think it's right. It is finding a way of of balancing it all, isn't it? And like I say, that I've mentioned some of their other running backs as well. This they they got a few of them that they're obviously going to want to kind of have a on the same plays on the field at the same time. Mm. I don't think I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, the fact that they could be nope. disguising what they're doing and things like that, and, and having different skill sets on the field at the same time, can only be a good thing for them. I just think it's a little bit bizarre going back to what the other guys have said that you know he's coming in as a receiver. And I think the thing what it was that Maya said that he's basically just using OTAs as a receiver, they're not even giving him running back reps, which is a bit bizarre. I know he's got that relationship with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence anyway in the backfield, so I guess that is more license to do that I guess but you know we'll see I think it's an interesting talking point on the lesson yeah gave uh, gave Kieran a, an opportunity to talk about Tim Tebow the number one jersey sale um at the moment isn't it number one and number two both with the Jags jerseys for that not uh, buying yourself one though no <laughs> and it's not like I even think like Tebow's a dickhead or anything he seems like a great guy like I like the obviously he's a lightning rod because of his faith but like he just seems like a real nice guy who's willing to go in and, and graft for something. And I know I'm not going to use the usual comparison that people use for white players, but like lunch pale, blue collar sort of dude. Like he clearly works hard, but and and he's jacked. And don't get me wrong, he's definitely getting tested for PEDs like 800 times before the season starts. There's no way he got that just from lifting crucifixes and Bibles. He is huge. Um, I just think there's a lot more guys you could have got in at tight end that would have done a better job. And it, it feels like a publicity stunt. And that's really not what you need for such a young team. And when you already have great pass catchers, like guys I mentioned, like DJ Chark shouts out to NFLSU and then like LaVisca Cheneau, you have these very talented guys. And then there's actually guys out there who can play tight end. It just feels like you're taking jobs away from guys who've actually earned it to, to create a sort of a circus down there in Jacksonville, which is why I think Urban Meyer is fucking insane. Well, you know, they've got a big relationship going back to the University of Florida, don't they? So, so have me and my mum, but you know what I mean? <laughs> she's she, she's not putting me on the 53-man roster of a, a football she team. end. A she position was. I've never played. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, my mum will play running back. She's about four foot one. She's a beast. She'll bowl through you. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's you're my friend, come play for me, rather than you're the best tight end available. Let's go win football games. And I think that sucks for Trevor Lawrence and it, it sucks for Travis Etienne and it, it sucks for anyone who's going to have to potentially rely on Tebow blocking. You know, you know what I mean? Like you get guys like Shannon Sharp who gas it up. Oh, Tebow, you're so sick. But then sat opposite him is a hall of fame tight end who saying Tebow doesn't have what he needs. So if, it's just ridiculous to me blocking there's so many nuances in it you're not going to be able to teach a quarterback that in one off season yeah for sure yeah one to watch i mean whether it makes 53 or not is another story altogether you know like you say was it publicity son will he actually do it who knows he's not taking an nfl snapping best part of nine eight years as he so we'll, we'll see we'll see raj Jalen darden talk to us so i know Kieran mentioned Jane Darden quite a lot in our pre-draft pods 
and the buzz coming out of the box is he's he's lighting up a little bit. He's obviously from the kick return punt return perspective, that was probably an area for the Bucks that they they could improve on if they could improve. And he's going to probably take that take that role away from Scotty Miller, and also as well, he's probably wide receiver six on that on the depth on the depth board, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit Patriots here, uh, which is sort of against my against my ethos of being a Dolphins fan. fan. But look at how Brady elevated slot receivers in New England with regards to Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, late round guys that just sort of and when Wes Welker as well cast off from the Dolphins. It just if this has got some sort of eerie feel about it, whereby. James Darden's creating this buzz. Obviously, Tom Brady would would be sort of aware of it. Could be watching, thinking, right, this guy's got something about him. Let's. They haven't really got a, a good slot receiver as well. They've got Godwin, Evans, and uh, Antonio Brown back, but they they could do with someone playing in the slot. Just give him that extra weapon. So Tyler Johnson obviously plays on the outside. Scotty Miller, mm, yeah, he's been in the league for long enough now. Uh, Jaden Darden, yeah, don't, don't be surprised if he makes a, a big impact. We, I think we all loved him coming out of the draft as a small school guy, like just working his, working his butt off for, to get even drafted and, and to really, he's really shifty, he's really, really quick, he's sort of very elusive when he gets the ball in his hands. And from a kick, kick return, punt return perspective, it just adds another dimension to that Bucks team. They've brought, they've brought the gang back, plus added a little bit of extra as well. Don't be surprised if he runs in a couple touchdowns next year because he's creating that buzz down in, in Tampa. Yeah, no, uh, like I say, it's a it's a crowded room, isn't it? But he's got a different skill set to a couple of other guys. Plus he's got Adrian inside as well. So, you know, Kieran, I know you were you're a big fan of him coming out. So what do you have to say about Jalen Darden? A beast. He's going to be so much fun on special teams too. Taking some punts and... I have no doubts he's going to take a couple to the crib this year. I, I don't think that's a doubt. And to me, this a lot of people have been, oh, look, Arians is trying to be like uh, Belichick, grabbing these crazy, talented guys like late in the draft and undrafted with some of the guys he's brought in. But Jalen Dan deserved to, to be drafted earlier, like very well. I say say earlier, very early. He could have gone as early as second round in terms of talent. He's certainly a better wide receiver than Kadarius Tony, and he's gonna be fun. He's got the number one on his chest. This is gonna be a very very fun Bucks team. And I know um, we were saying, oh, they should go offensive line or, or, or other things, but it's a great pickup and great value. Jalen Darden is just he's gonna be so much fun. And here's the thing: if if uh, Jeff Free comes back and he is healthy because obviously his leg nearly fell off last year. He tore his whole shit up. It was really bad. But if those two can come back and be on the field at the same time, my God, that's going to be a fast offense. I know Brady can't throw deep, but my God, what a lot of fun they're going to have with. If these two guys get on the field at the same time, maybe run them both as gunners on punts. Woo! Woo! That's going to be fun. <laughs> You know that John Franklin's playing corner now, don't you? Uh, he's actually uh, listed as a wide receiver. He's not, not on our last, He's not. 
Oh, well, last year he was listed as a quarterback as well because they, oh, yeah, right, okay. they changed his number to number five before mm. the season. With last year's rules, that was only a quarterback's number or a kicker's number, and he ain't fucking kicking. Um, my my hypothesis is that they were going to use him in like a Taysom Hill gadget role because mm. he can throw, mm. he can catch, he can kind of defend passes. Um, but I, I think they're actually going to use him on the offense this year. He's still got that number five. Uh, Don't matter, anyway, does it? What watch out? He's the, you know him and Jalen Darden. Potentially on certain sub packages and stuff, dangerous. Yeah, and like you, I mean, you mentioned didn't you? number one as well. Aesthetics, he's got to come into it somewhat. So, should make the fifty-three. Should should make the, the starting. Um, you know, slot receiver all his own, really. So yeah, with you, with you both, yeah, number one makes him so much better. We'll finish off, and you know, mate, the new thing obviously is we want to keep these podcasts to just under an hour. We've got a couple of minutes left, so. We'll just turn it over to you. You can get Jamal Chase out of your system and you can finish us off with the with the pot. Yeah, him and him and Joe Burrow, their first few OTAs together, first few practices, they've both stayed late. They've both stayed for an extra two, three hours, just, just throwing, catching, reminiscing. It's been interesting to watch. And like I said earlier, he's been zipping around the city on his uh, little moped, really having a good time. But him and Joe, man, that's, I think that's a more valuable pick than, you know, Penisal, any lineman they could have taken in that first round. This is a way more valuable pick because they've got chemistry. And not every player can build chemistry with his receivers. We sort of saw, saw it with T Higgins last year, but there was none there with AJ Green and a little bit with Tyler Boyd, but, this is oh, 20 touchdowns he caught from Joe in 2019. Joe threw 60, just to put it in perspective. Incredible. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm just happy that... Look, Joe looks great. He's about, look, what would he say, 85%? And he's putting a lot of pressure on that leg. He's throwing balls. He's zipping them. I am going to be going to training camp soon. I was going to say, is this, is this why you were with Jamal Chase going around the city? Is that why you were out in Cincinnati the other day to send us pictures and things like that? I was scouting out for him. But in, in actuality, <laughs> me and my girlfriend just fancied uh, wandered down to the uh, farmer's market, had a little bit of food. It was a nice day. I dragged her to Paul Brown. She didn't have a choice. Um, <laughs> we No, we, we hung around Cincinnati. It was a good day and it was a really nice day in the city and the biggest problem with Cincinnati is that they have to walk across a main road to get to training camp. They, they, they park in the stadium and then they walk like 500 meters across a built up road between building works and a bridge that goes to Kentucky of all places. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what happens and I'm, I'm sticking by my prediction that Jamar Chase, when all is said and done is going to be mentioned up there with guys like Jerry Rice, because he is that good. And, just watching more tape on him, he's just going to be unstoppable. Even when you press guys against him, he uses that against the guys covering him. And oh, it's going to be so fun. And him <laughs> and Joe Burrow know each other. And Joe Burrow's ball placement is so good. And he knows exactly where Jamar Chase can catch balls. Ah, oh, it's going to be fucking insane. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm watching every Bengals game this year. 
This is good. And Thaddeus Moss. My God. Guys, this <laughs> is going to be a fun fucking roster. season. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be a fun season. I don't, I don't care if you like the Bengals. Better fucking watch them. It'd be a great team. Joe's going to be comeback player of the year. He would win MVP, but I think that's Justin Herbert's award this year. This year <laughs> is just going to be a lot of fun. I'm really fucking excited. We've got some great rookies, some great sophomore guys coming back. Veterans, whatever, you're old, we don't care about you anymore. This is going to be fun. If we... TJ... Oh, sorry, go on, Ashley, carry on. T- TJ Watt and Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, look at that knee brace on Joe Burrow. And he's <laughs> the little slight limp that, that we saw when he was walking across the road. Uh... Miles Garrett likes dinosaurs. TJ Watt is, is a nerd and plays for Pittsburgh. And who was the last guy you said? Jadavian Clowney. Ah, fuck that guy. Overrated. Joe, Bar- Bar- Joe Burrow's going to stiff arm all three of them. Game over. 17 and 0 Bengals. If, we, if you are listening to this now, you might want to rewind to the beginning of the podcast where we asked Kieran to talk about Mac Jones. And you can hear his level of excitement and how different it is now. You are you are masking masking your negativity for Mac Jones. No, I, I am genuinely look. Joe Burrow is my favorite player of all time. There's a lot of reasons behind that that we haven't yeah, gone to on know, air, but we we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But genuinely, I am very <laughs> yeah. excited to see this team. I, you know, never been so excited to see this, and I really hope he succeeds because what he's gone through in his life and, and, and how much he's grafted and everything. He deserves it. Jamar Chase too. It's going to be fantastic. It's, oh, can't wait to see it. Uh, I just actually fucking buzzing for it. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to a Kieran's Corner episode in the near future anyway, if the Bengals kick off the, uh, the season. Kieran's really, Corner really well. is Bengals themed this year. Yeah, probably, probably will be. You'll start telling people that your earphones are Bengals um, themed rather than PewDiePie. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> All right then, let's uh, let's call it there. Um, you know, we've had a really good chat about OTAs there. God talked about a lot of teams, a lot of rookies, a lot of excitement, especially building up towards the end there, crescendo with the excitement. Finish off with Kieran talking about Joe Burrow, of course. Let's get out of here, um, guys. Let's go through some handles. Let's tell everyone what we're doing uh, or what we've recently done as well. So Liam, you're up. Tell us where we can find you and uh, anything you've got in the pipeline. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL. Just loads of NFL college football. And a few things in the pipeline is, is previewing the college football season for full 10 yards. Um, also working towards the uh, NFL season guide with full 10 yards. That'll be coming out soon. That's, that's uh, a lot of work going into that at the moment. Um, and yeah, just uh, again, just getting ready to preview stuff for the college football season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Raj, what about yourself? Uh, first of all, congratulations to Liam on his achievement on the top 100 big ball. What a, what a great, um, what a great achievement that is. And uh, yeah, it puts pay to the, all the hard work in terms of his scouting and, and recognising talent when he sees it. So congratulations there, Liam. Well done. Yeah, what was uh, it? The most it accurate one in you, uh, for, on for at least 11 months. Yeah, I can call myself the most accurate big board in the UK according to the huddle report there you go there you that go yeah a, big congrats that Cheers. is impressive um but yeah follow me on twitter at the garch uh, an article came out today on 
what is the Alabama offense going to look like in 2021 slash 2022? Really exciting article to write. There's so many moving pieces in the offense with regards to a new OC, a new offensive line coach, new quarterback, new set of weapons and a new O-line. It's just, it's just so many moving pieces. So it'd be really interesting to see how that offense works. So read the article, share it, like it, retweet it. If you know anyone from Alabama that wants to retweet it, do that. Yeah. Just, um, and more articles will be coming out as well in the near future as well. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and have a read. Yeah, absolutely. And Kieran, what about you? I'm at the Himbo F10Y on Twitter. And in the next two, three days, I think, I'm going to have an article uh, going back from the top recruit in high school from the last 10 years. We're going to go through 10 recruits. Might throw in some honorable mentions just because kind of hilarious where these dudes have ended up but uh you know what one of them is a salesman now just just fun fact um but yeah we're gonna go back through these high school recruits it's a lot of fun looking back and crazy how some guys have gone from the best player in the country uh, and then sustained that but then also some guys who started out as the best player in the country and kind of you know burnt out very quickly so that's going to be an exciting article coming out soon yeah, absolutely. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Um, and for myself, at Wakefield90, um, where you can find me on my personal Twitter and also usually behind at Full 10 Yards CFB as well. Talk about all these guys' great work and everything that we're doing here at Full 10 Yards from the season guide, as, as someone mentioned earlier, I think that was Liam, um, and how great that's going to be uh, when we get that out. And that is going to be coming uh, coming at you very, very soon. Like, like we said, a lot of hard work going into that. Article-wise, um, not listening in the pipeline for me too soon, but I know we've got a college realignment uh, conference realignment podcast coming up and i've been working on something for that but i'm going to hold that back for around a couple of weeks time when we get that pod done um so yeah like i said keep your eyes peeled for two or three weeks when we get that one done i've got something that i've been cooking up because i do think i've cracked it if i'm honest i do think i've got the formula on what we need to do with college football to make it a little bit better and to make the conferences make a little bit more sense and still keep everyone uh, with some dollars in the pockets as well so yeah i feel for that one in a few weeks but yeah as we will be back next week i think we're going to be talking about fixing the college football playoff next week so that should be a really good one i know that ed's got an article about that um and he'll be on the podcast next week to be talking about that one so thanks for that thanks for listening to us we'll be back next week um so yeah stick with us and we'll see you soon thanks for listening to the podcast for all your football needs check out our website full10yards.com or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.